Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Cybersecurity Matters podcast. I'm your host, Dominic Vogel, and joining me, as always, is my friend in crime, Christian Reitshaw. Christian, how are you doing today? I am doing well, thanks. How are you, Dominic? I am doing great. Absolutely great. In fact, I'm doing so great that we're going to have a guest all the way from Switzerland come on the show today. In fact, Ireland via Switzerland? Switzerland via Ireland? Ireland. Yeah, something like that. Anyway, she's in Geneva, uh, which I'm told is a beautiful part of the world. Um, And uh, we're very much looking forward to having uh, Anik O'Brien from CybeSafe on the show today. Well, without further ado, let's bring Anik onto the show. Anik, thank you so much for joining us today on the Cybersecurity Matters podcast. How are you doing? Hey, thank you so much. Uh, I'm doing great. It's great to be here. It's a wet and rainy day outside, but I am really happy to be talking about cybersecurity. Yay. It warms my heart. Yeah. <laughs> That's the sunshine in all of our hearts, right? But uh, we, uh, we're, we're very grateful that you join us on, on the show today. And I, I would love to maybe start with your story, your background, if you could share a little bit about your personal and career narrative with our viewers and listeners. Sure. Thank you so much for the opportunity. So my name is Anique, and as you can probably hear from my accent, I'm originally from Ireland. For my sins, I trained as a lawyer. So I'm a dual qualified lawyer in two jurisdictions. And through law, I discovered a love of things around GDPR, personal data, information security, cybersecurity. So I was one of those weird lawyers that loved law, but also loved tech. So from there, I went and qualified as a DPO and kind of specialized in all the compliance areas around organizations doing the right thing when it comes to treating personal data, treating data correctly in such a way that you keep it safe, but also you delete it when the time comes to delete it. So that's kind of how my career has progressed and the things that I'm passionate about. And I hope we get an opportunity to talk about today. Well, let's take that thread a little bit further here. So, Anik, you are a cybersecurity professional, you're a data privacy professional, and a legal professional. How do people that have these individual roles as, as individual people generally work together? And then how, to, how do you fuse those together as one person that you know, works in all of those areas? Right. So it's kind of like having a multiple personality disorder, because to the extent that some of these things often contradict and indeed in organizations can sometimes work against each other. We do know that often the legal department is concerned about how we show and demonstrate compliance, how we treat personal data, the contracts that we have with third parties. Those are kind of top topics for, for a lawyer. When we're looking at the information security department or the CISOs or security awareness, we're looking at the infrastructure in the organization. We're looking at the tech. We're looking internal along with third parties, external. And it's, it's all about CIA, confidentiality, integrity, availability. But it's also a, that whole piece around security awareness, security awareness training. And then we move as well into areas of organizations, which can be the communication department or the HR department, where training and awareness and getting people to behave in a particular way 
is very important. Sometimes this does go full circle and come back to the legal department, who would be responsible for training in relation to anti-fraud, anti-bribery. And again, that's about getting people to behave in a particular way. And this is um, why in my particular organisation, I'm very passionate about our mission because we are looking to help people and looking to change behaviours. And our objective is to reduce cyber risk by changing behaviours and by helping individuals to change their own behaviour rather than hammering them with training all the time. So in some ways it comes full circle, but we do find that in organisations there are often silos and sometimes your objective in your department or your function is working against maybe the objectives of another department or maybe the priority for you today is not the priority for those other departments. So it's the communication piece within organisations, which is absolutely essential to assuring that we're all kind of working in the same way, working towards the same objectives, but most importantly, working towards those objectives at the same time, because that's how we create real impact. Nick, that is awesome. It, you sound like a great person to know if an organization wants to break down silos and bring those really key important areas together. Now, let's get into cybersecurity because I can see you have a fire about that subject. Our, our podcast is called Cybersecurity Matters. Um, why should organizations care about cyber cybersecurity? Um, what are you know the costs and consequences of significant cyber attacks? Right. So there's two questions in there. Thank you so much. Why should organizations care and what is the cost? Um, I love the fact that your your podcast is called Cybersecurity Matters. I feel we could just drop Mike and all go home because that's, that's enough. That says it all. Cybersecurity does matter. It matters for so many reasons. It matters when we look at the carrot and stick approach. It matters in terms of organizations um, wanting to do the right thing, wanting to have good reputations, wanting to build trust both internally with their employees, but also externally with their customers, with um, governments, with their local communities. And then it matters because there is the stick approach, which is that piece around the cost of fines, around the cost of regulatory damage. So if we, if we look at kind of, if we start with maybe the cost, we can move back to, to the to the why, which is a little bit kind of going backwards, but I think it's a good way to take this journey. The cost in relation to data breach can be it can be delivered, I suppose, in various ways to, to the board, to the organization, to the people in the organization, and to the public. The cost can be when you look at the cost per data breach, and you can get those kind of figures online, what is the what is the average cost per data breach? How many breaches do organizations organizations have. We can look at the issue around is the organization in Europe or external to Europe? What are the regulatory factors that affect this? I know a lot of people and I myself am quite passionate about GDPR. Well, maybe not a lot of people, maybe just me, but a lot of people are concerned with GDPR. Let me rephrase that. And GDPR is certainly an area where we see reference to fines up to 4% of your annual turnover or 20 million. But there are other regulations, there are other jurisdictions, and we see it with, with the FTC levying fines on large tech organizations. We see fines coming in in relation to other types of laws that may have been breached in other jurisdictions, both within and external to Europe, organizations that do business with EU citizens or indeed completely external to that. Um, and we see throughout the, the entire global 
infrastructure as it relates to the transfer of data, handling of personal data, and then the end, the deletion of data. And have you deleted that data accordingly? Um, and of course, we all know that having data is an area of risk. So it's best to take data for the reason that you said you need it, use it for that reason and delete it when you're finished. And um, those would be kind of my wise words on that topic. So there are a number of costs and the costs, as I mentioned, relate to the dollar per, per data item breached, but also trust. And we all know from various different cases that we've seen, trust once broken is very hard to fix. And even when you do build up trust again, it's never quite the same. It's I always compare it to breaking a vase, a glass vase. And um, you can glue it back together, but you will see the glue and it will probably still leak just a little bit if you put a little bit of pressure on it. So trust is something that is almost virtually impossible to build back. So you do not want to break trust with your customers, with the people in your organization, and again, communities, and the um, the tax authorities, the public authorities, the regulators, if they don't trust you, they will be looking at you quite closely. So there are all those costs associated to ensuring that you're keeping data safe and the costs of data breach. So this is one way of looking at the why. Uh -huh. We look at all those pieces around trust, we look at those pieces around cost. We look at the cost to the organization in trying to get things right after things have gone terribly, terribly wrong. And we all know that the case of breach is not an if, but a when. So indeed, when it happens in your organization, how resilient is your organization? And that, that kind of brings me to my final point. And I guess you're all wondering when I'm actually going to stop talking. I promise I'll take a breath after this final point. We do see that in the development of law, certainly in, in Europe, but externally to Europe as well, um, the, there are a number of laws as they relate to protecting data. And the GDPR, of course, is the biggest one that we all know about. The e-privacy directive is something that a lot of people in Europe are, are talking about, and that's looking like it might be, might be coming into to play sooner. But what we see and what's very interesting across the European scene is that there is this concept of operational resilience. So whether the law is in relation to financial services or credit card payments or marketing, it doesn't really matter what the law is about. In every piece of these new laws, we see this idea around operational resilience. And this is the piece which we can just look at and say, when something goes wrong, how do we fix it? And this is the piece that every organization should be thinking about when they're concerned about building up their, their programs in relation to data security, awareness, behavior change. But it's this idea around operational resilience. Um, and you, you, you painted one hell of a picture there. Yeah, if I, we could stand, we'll give you a standing ovation because that, 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 you painted an amazing picture there. And that was the big finish that did not disappoint. And, uh, um, I think that that's you paint like it's such a key picture, and I think it's so important for again our, our listeners and viewers to be able to reflect and understand the, the, those points there, and you know the uh, especially the nuances, you know, especially towards privacy and and data between Europe and and, and North America. So I really appreciate that analysis, and um, it pains me to say it, but we're we're running very low on time, and uh, we're definitely going to have you back on on the show again. Uh, hopefully, hopefully it's better weather in, in Geneva when, when we have you on next time. <laughs> but uh, uh, Chris and I are very, very grateful to you for joining us today on the Cybersecurity Matters podcast. Thank you again. Thank you. Chris and I will be uh, right back to wrap up today's episode.
I know we had some troubles here uh, getting uh, Anik on the show just because of the storm issues there in, in Geneva, but the conversation we ended up having with her was absolutely fantastic. I thought that was a very powerful uh, punch that she packed there in, in, in the time that we were able to spend with her today. Uh, what was one of your key takeaways? Man. I think, you know, fantastic answer to the, to the core question of why cybersecurity matters. I mean, clearly she could do this show herself. Yeah. We're, we're kind of unnecessary in this episode, which is exactly what we want. Um, but also just, you know, she's such a silo breaker based on the, the main areas she covers of the legal, the, the privacy and, and the cybersecurity together. That was phenomenal to see for me. Uh, absolutely. And, you know, as we alluded to there, you know, it, it was just a power packed episode and you know, it was so much shortened because of the storm issues. So it was so great that we are going to be having uh, Anik back on for a part two. Uh, so consider this a, a part one of a two part series. Uh, so we're really looking forward to having her on again in, in the uh, near future. So please do stay tuned for part two of the Anik O'Brien show, also known as the Cybersecurity Matters podcast. <laughs> Uh, but we're really looking forward to having her back on again. But uh, thank you again to uh, our loyal listeners and viewers who join us each and every week. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Uh, if you did happen to miss an episode, do uh, check out the Cybersecurity Matters YouTube page or listen to old episodes on your preferred podcasting platform. But until next time, be well, be safe, and we will see you again at some point in the near future on the Cybersecurity Matters podcast. <laughs>